previously on Creek Chat. Bitch, I am here to fucking make predictions. The main graduate, Pacey Wooder, he's going to graduate. Crack. Home run. Pacey is going to take that job on the yacht. Crack. Home run. He's got to rekindle his best friendship with Dawson. Crack. Home run. Put it back in. Home run. Man, I'm just like hitting home runs without a care in the world. Dawson and Joey, how do they leave things? We're back in the bedroom. Oh, oh, back, back, back. Back in the bedroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bedroom. They both get cell phones. Can I phone you sometime? We'll find out. Season 4, Creature. You don't have to wait, cause every Monday we are back with a new episode of the show Crew Chat. Here's our host, his name is JT, with guest Chucky B. Oh my god, this is Crew Chat and it's finally happening. Welcome to 50 Randy Quades Presents... Creek Chat. The finale of season four. I am your host, JT, class of 03 Money, and with me, the world's favorite and also the world's most humble guest. It's me, it's me, it's season four finale, Chucky B. There's all sorts of rhyming going on in your host names this week, and I hope you love it because we love you. LOL. Lots of love. So much love. Give it, get it, got it good. Yeah, Something like for that. For show. We're, for show. And as Chuck has already let you know, we're here to talk about the last two episodes, 22 and 23, of season four of Dawson's Creek. What Chuck also let us know about last week were a few predictions. Now, as he's done once before, he had a couple of extra predictions, just generally about season five, before we got into the episodes. You know what? Boston gonna be popping, son. Jen, Jack, Grams, and Drew are all going to Boston. Boston's going to be popping, baby. Season 5, Boston. We are fucking headed to fucking Boston, baby. Pack your bags. I'll see you there. Season 5, motherfuckers. Hashtag Boston Bound. Hashtag Boston Bound. That was compiled from a number of different uh, moments in the last episode. Jammed into one general Boston prediction. Which uh, comes up again at some other point, too, I'm pretty sure. But let's hear about specifically for episode 22, The Graduate. So I can go one of two ways with this. One, Pacey. Duh. And two, bringing back Andy. So I say, why not both? Oh, and look at him fucking hitting home runs back to back. Why not both? Exactly. Andy comes back to be a graduate and she's all like, man, I really miss my Florence Familia, but I got to go. I got to walk. I got to get that diploma, baby. And then the main graduate, Pacey Witter, he's going to graduate. Damn, motherfucker, I can graduate. I'm going to be a senior when I was actually just a junior at the prom. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Yeah, you know, that's right. So, yeah, you just kind of went along. But that's that's right. That's exactly what happened in that episode. And she did miss her Florence Familia a lot, as we'll find out later. Breakdown. Graduation for the class of 2001 unites friends and family as it prepares to drive them apart. Alright, yeah, I guess that uh, sums it up. Here are your predictions for episode 23, Coda. 
Coda is the end of high school for these group of characters. We've already had someone die. I guess I can't rule out another death. So you're already... So I guess the cat's die. out of the bag here, folks. The are we gonna are we gonna for, reveal for the majority the of this season? The I've known bag? that. Uh, spoiler alert: Mitch Leary is going to die at some point here in the future, and I was waiting all fucking season for it to happen. I just need it to happen so I can stop waiting for it to happen. And I w- was hoping it was gonna happen. But I was also like, fuck, I hope it didn't happen to end the season, and it didn't, so I'm kind of like, now I have to wait until season five, and I'm I'm guessing season five, at some point, Mitch is going to die. Okay, well, you don't really have to guess that, because you know that. Let's just hang tight on that, D- uh, beloved and dearest listeners. If you didn't know that information, if you, like Chuck, are along for the ride for the first time, for whatever reason, you're taking that journey with us. I'm sorry if you didn't hit pause in time to stop that spoiler alert because it does happen. And we'll deal with that when we get there. People die in this show a lot, apparently, is what you say. But then we move on. We move on because no one dies here. Pacey is going to take that job on the yacht. He's got to, in my opinion. He's got to save up some money so he can go to community college in Boston because he is also hashtag Boston bound, which he definitely takes the job on the yacht. So that's a solid hit. Yep, yep, yep. Getting uh, another home run there. So he's just there's either one of two things that can go with Pacey. He's either hashtag Boston bound, like I assume, or he's going to going to Cali, baby, with Dawson. He's got to rekindle his best friendship with Dawson and go to Cali and just try to figure it out, right? Didn't go to Cali with him. Definitely mended that friendship bridge. Yeah, like there was uh, a phone call that he made to Dawson when he was already in Miami on the yacht doing some yachting and he was calling from a cell phone just so you guys know speaking of which continuing along with your predictions dawson and joey exchange cell phone numbers when they both get cell phones they're going to need to talk and text to keep in contact the way the best friend should and lo and behold what happens here chuck uh lo and behold dawson does get a cell phone it is a gift from team jj so you floated last episode that you think season four might have been your favorite season so far. And I think for nothing else, the fact that Dawson Leary gets a cell phone here it has to make this your favorite season, right? Yeah, I mean, it probably does. And there was just like the one, I guess, episode that I thought was a little hard to watch. Which one? The Promicide. Oh, yeah, that was rough. All right. Let's... Yeah, I mean, you know, Jen's trying to kill herself. Fucking. All right. The the perfect couple is perfect no more. Dawson didn't have sex on the beach or a boat. Yeah, Dawson didn't get anything that he wanted. In fact, like he. Oh, to say he didn't get anything that he wanted is definitely wrong. Well, I guess that's wrong. <laughs> it's definitely wrong on a lot of levels. Even in respect to his relationship with Gretchen, you know he still walked away knowing he gained a lot from that relationship, even if it wasn't losing his virginity. Yeah, I guess so. But, hold on. Oh, we're getting ahead of ourselves, because there's definitely a conversation that happens at the end of this episode that has a few important remarks that were made. Here's the breakdown for Coda, though. As Dawson prepares to leave for college, he and Joey reunite in time to say goodbye. And that's the conversation I'm talking about. Yeah. But as you can see, that's for the end. Let's talk about The Graduate and how Principal Peskin comes back into play for the first time since the boat hijinks, I think. Yeah, so this episode in particular shows the the flip that this 
show has done with writing teachers, I feel. Teach or at least staff. This all right, so I'm that includes right, the straight principal up off the too. This I think is a great episode, top to bottom, and leaves me feeling good at the end of it, right? And part of that is because of Principal Peskin and the way that they wrote him and the way that he interacts with Jen and Drew. And let's remember, Drew is the comedy king in this season. Yeah, yeah. As as we see, as the time goes on and they make him a quote-unquote good guy, like, if there's something funny happening, Drew Valentine's there. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Drew Valentine and his character in this show. Especially the way it has evolved. Well, right here in that opening scene when the principal's up there talking about, like, because it's his graduation rehearsal, and he's talking about, you know, so on Saturday, uh, if anyone has any dark pagan desires to throw a prank, there's going to be security everywhere and you shouldn't fuck around. So immediately Dawson turns around and looks at Drew and, like, smiles. Yeah, it's funny. And then, so just like, who was it that made, I think it was Kasdan who made a bad joke about, like, two guys a girl in a pizza place or whatever earlier in the season well peskin does one here about security being tighter than ricky martin's pants oh yeah it was pretty bad joke well and then they cut to the whole audience of graduating seniors and it's again like a sitcom moment just kind of like groaning everyone's just kind of like yeah, everyone's kind of looking at him dead silent if not groaning and just like well that didn't go over well and i'm like they love doing like well that missed the mark yeah they love doing that but then things get a little more serious when Pacey comes up, or tries to come up. Yeah, and Mitch is all like, hold on. He's all like, stop. You can't come here, because you haven't graduated. You are still not a full senior. Yeah, and Pacey's like, come on, dog. Bail me out, Mitch. You know you love me, man. You know me forever. And Mitch's like, not my choice, dude. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, he's like, dude, you got to study for this test, because if you like get enough points on it then you'll graduate but if you don't then you're gonna not his situation has literally become if he doesn't pass this one test he cannot graduate his entire high school four years comes down to one test yep that's that's exactly what it is so he's walking home dejected and dougie comes up and of course fucking pacey's making gay jokes at him like he always does yep wrote that down wrote that down and, and tells but he tells dougie about what's going on and doug's like hey man listen i'll help you study if you want me to and pacey's like nah don't worry about it i just don't understand why people will let me graduate and get the fuck out of here we all hate each other yeah man like pacey still hates himself right here oh yeah pretty hard oh, it, man yeah he's not doing well he's in a rough spot and he's not doing anything to help himself on top of it even when people are, like, honestly reaching out to, like, show support. Well, th so right now, Dawson and Joey are talking about how she's having a block right in the speech she has to give. Because she won some sort of award, the Pinnacle Award or some shit. Pinnacle? Yeah. So The Pinnacle Piskin Award? Yeah, yes. So she's got to give a speech at the graduation, and she can't figure out what to do. And Dawson specifically is like, listen, I know Pacey's the reason you can't write about it. You got to reach out to him and let him know that you're there for him, that you're willing to help him. And she's like, yeah. Uh, he doesn't want it. He doesn't want to hear it from anyone. So even if people are reaching out, Pacey's just being like, fuck you. I can't, I don't got it in me to deal with this shit. So it's real heavy. Pacey shit stays real heavy right here. Which sucks to watch, because he was having so much fun for most of the season. I think. Yeah, most of the I season. Think. I feel like he had more fun in season three than he did in season four, though, realistically. Because all the drama that went along with his relationship. 
It had that cloud of Dawson over it no matter what. He put it there himself so many times. So I feel like nah. I feel like in season three, the build up to the relationship, it felt like he was enjoying himself more. No, maybe. I don't know. I never really thought about that until I started rambling about it right now. But that's got nothing to do with a much more lighthearted scene when Jack and Toby are doing the 1980s romantic comedy move and washing a car together. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I definitely wrote down. I was like, oh, I was like, this is a terrible water fight scene. Oh, that's exactly. But it was all like window dressing for a conversation about how Jack won't call Toby his boyfriend. And Toby's like, when are you going to do it? Jack's like, when it's appropriate. And, yeah, Jack's like, well, when it actually matters. And then they have this weird water fight that they cut away from very quickly to what I find a very interesting moment of Drew. Drew becoming Dawson. Or <laughs> I didn't even think becoming about it that Joey way. to to Jen's Dawson. There it is. That's what it is. And climbing the fucking ladder to Jen's window and then being like, hey, man. Me and my dysfunctional family had a fight. Uh, can I crash in your bed tonight? And she's like, you can crash on my floor, but, but not my bed. notice that once when he was in the window and she was letting him in, and then once after she said he was sleep on the floor, she ruffled his hair. That's a fucking straight-up sign of, hey, bro, what's going on, Drew? How you doing? So there's a little something, I guess, to what you were talking about last episode with mate, what I'm maybe saying. something happened in there, but... We don't find anything out about it in the next episode, and we definitely don't find out any more about it really in this episode in terms of romantic chemistry between those two. Hey, they've already dropped the nugget that Drew's going to Boston. So they've already kind of dropped the nugget that Drew can be in season five. They definitely dropped the nugget for sure. You've already gone on record as saying you believe that he will be. And I don't think that's yeah, a, I don't he will be. I don't think that's a far off thing to think. So we find out that the final that Pacey has to take is in Kasdan's class. So he pops up in there and he's sitting down to take the test and breaks his fucking pencil. And Kasdan, I think, at least from what they've shown of us, uncharacteristically, like, gets on Pacey's case about it. And I know you can tell that he's joking. More so than any other teacher who's generally very mean-spirited about it. Kasdan did think he was just cracking a joke, but Pacey was under too much pressure to be hearing any kind of jokes in that situation. Yeah, and Pacey kind of flips out, and <laughs> in my opinion, is not terribly wrong. Not at all. In anything he says. Wrong in his presentation, correct in his words. And I fully understand why, and to, to some point, actually agree with what he did with flipping out and then walking out on the test, he's like, all right, fine. I'll just prove you guys all fucking wrong or fucking right and be like, I'll just fucking leave. Because if you guys don't fucking care enough to help someone who is struggling to get through, then what does it fucking matter? Well, we find out later that Kasdan is that kind of guy. But we'll get there because yeah, you're right. He storms out of there and he shows up at or Joey shows back up at his place later. And we see him already practicing tying knots with rope. And maybe that's just the way that he fucking, like, relaxes and calms down. But in my mind, I'm thinking that's a subtle way of letting all of us know in the audience he's practicing because he's going back out on the water again. Oh, yeah. Either that or he's going to, you know, take a swing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe he's going to tie a noose. Yeah, yeah, for Jen. Yeah, for Jen. Yep. They're going to hang each other. It's going to be a suicide pact. 
Jen and Pacey. Season five opener. So Joey wants you wait for that to swing into your nope queue nope on Netflix nope. So uh, Joey's like, I heard about what happened earlier. There's got to be something that we can do about it. And Pacey's like, No, there is no we anymore. And I'm like, Yeah, Pacey, that's your fucking fault. There's not a we anymore. So don't get mad at her about it because she wants to show up and help. You fucking did it. Yeah, but I understand exactly what he's trying to say here too. Because so he's all like, he's all like, hey, here's the deal. It's I need to get past you, and I can't get past this if we're just hanging out, pretending to be friends. Oh uh, no, I don't think you're wrong about that. But he still created a situation in which they needed to break up at all, though. That didn't even need to be a reality if he would just suck it up. No, it didn't. And he's being, uh, let's say. Uh, stubborn oh for sure he could have just apologized and probably gotten back together with her i still think that he had built it up so much in his mind that getting back together and as we see isn't going to be something he wants to do in his mind but if he went a different route i could see what you're saying but who knows because she's going to worthington and he's not even even if he was just like hey like I'm down to get back together, but I'm going to take that yachting job for the summer and I need to go and do this so I can get some of my self-respect back. But I'll meet you in Boston and we'll figure out what the fuck's going down because we'll both be Boston bound. They pretty much have that exact conversation later, except it's more subtext than it is straight up when He's like, if he had a sailboat again one day, if she'd go sailing with him, and she says, you wouldn't have to ask, Pace. Well, yeah, and so that's where I was like, all right, cool. Like, it basically is already going to happen that way, or is it going to happen a different way? And, I mean, you know, maybe there's a a new wedding bell ringing. Well, so, all right, I kind of want to touch in on that right now, actually, since you just used the term wedding bell, because you were initially very staunchly Dawson and Joey getting married at the end. Then when Pacey and Joey got together, even before, I think, you were like, okay, I think that those two are going to get married at the end. Right now, at this point, where do you stand on that? Or should we save that question until we talk about this whole two-pack? Fully believe there's going to be a wedding. I I can now officially rule out Mitch and Gail wedding. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's a ghost wedding. Because, one, they already got remarried. Yeah, but not as one of them being a ghost. Two, they'd have to get divorced again with a little baby and then remarried again. So, no, not going to happen. No, you, and you just do know, a renewal of your vows. You just do a renewal of your vows. You don't have to get divorced to do a renewal. I'm talking new wedding. You can have a whole brand new spanking wedding if you want to fucking shout out the money for it just for a renewal. Nah, nah, nah. I'm saying new wedding not a renewal a new again wedding. to ghost mitch that's a whole new thing you can't rule it out man I've already, nah, you can't marry show, ghosts gail is weird that, oh my god gail isn't weird maybe she'll it's marry actually, pacey that sounds realistic i mean why not pacey already likes older broads okay so <laughs> <laughs> so joey's back trying to work on her speech and bessie comes in and she's like here's this letter from mom that she conveniently wrote a couple of days before she died to give to you before you graduated. Here's this fun little plot device for us. Well, and that, it, I mean, it's not really that big of like that. I feel like it didn't play that big into the episode, to be honest, except for. It fucking was the basis of her entire speech that she was stuck on the entire episode. Well, and that's what I'm saying. It just, it gave a nice little like provider for okay. the speech. Let's put it this way, Chuck. 
for me, this is like the broken window in the scare for you. The convenience of the letter from the mom to be given to Joey at graduation when she's stuck on a speech is just too much for my mind to wrap around and believe. I can't get there. It's too fucking convenient for me. Just like you need to know why or how that window got replaced by the next day. I want to know why they thought this was a good fucking idea. I think it actually makes somewhat some sense because her mom's dying and she wants to give her something. And I don't know. It's just one of those things that felt too convenient for me. I thought it made sense. I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. It absolutely makes sense. It's too fucking convenient. It's part I think of there are things that... Of course it makes sense. That... That need more examining, like the window, like because like this is a but real world that we're living in, right? Else. This cape side, but it world. doesn't matter. But w- there's no consequence to that window being broken or not. Whereas this letter, well, and that's has the a thing. I don't necessarily care if it's something of consequence or not. It's still something that, in my mind, if you're going to build a world, there needs to be explanation. I don't think. How a window gets replaced fucking matters. Here's how they replaced it. They called someone to come out and fix it. Why do you need them to show you that? That should just be assumed. Because that's because they made do. a big deal of it being broken. We can't do this again. Man. We can't, <laughs> we can't talk about the window. I know. Well, I and it up. plus, I think it makes sense because like it, they brought it up, right? Why? It's another reason why it's I'm annoyed at at the beginning of one of those episodes in the last three pack where it was like. It was a funny scene where the lottery of which couple's going to get back together again, but I would have liked to see more of that throughout the episode. Dude, you have to think about it this way, though, and I thought about it after we had that conversation. It's like a cold open on the episode of The Office. It might not necessarily have anything to do with anything that happens afterwards. It's just there to give you a fucking laugh. Considering that that has never happened throughout the entire four <laughs> right. seasons of the, episode, of this, of the show, why right. am I supposed to expect that to happen? That's not entirely true. There have definitely been other cold opens that were comedy that gave you a little bit of the storyline, too. Because that scene still talked about, like, whether or not Dawson and Joe were going to get together, but them still showing up and being cool, or, or whatever the fuck they were talking about. Dawson and Joey, Pace and Joey, Dawson and Gretchen. It still kind of talked about the plot, and then it was funny. I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but I know there have been a couple more like that. It's not normal, but I just, I don't think that that was a big deal. That was less of a big deal to me than this letter, for sure. But then again, I also don't care how they eat their pizza. I thought the bigger meaning of this letter was when she asked Dawson to read it to her. Oh, definitely. But it was just as important that it helped her finish that speech as well. Because she basically just, like, talks about the letter. Plus a couple extra things. Yeah. Plus a couple extra things she learned along the way. Well, let's move on to, to better things, because that just whew, went on for a while. Andy's back. Bippity-boppity-boo. Andy is back in America, missing her Florence Familia. Ooh, ah, uh, yeah. But Jack finally is like, yes, this is my boyfriend, Toby. And Andy is loving it. Yeah, and she's like, oh, shit, you gotta fucking give me, give me hugs. Give she, me yeah, hugs. she's absolutely loving it. But that's it for them. That's them at the airport, and then we cut away. But we do move into Jen and Drew again. But this time it's Drew hanging out with Grams in the kitchen just having a gay old time. Loving themselves. Yeah, and and uh, Jen's like, hey, what the <laughs> fuck is going on, motherfucker? I said one night 
You should be out on the street right now. She pulls Grams aside begging. for a private conversation. And Grams is like, Grams is like, hey. I'm hustling his ass. <laughs> I'm not blind. Like, we need someone to pack our shit, right? I said he could stay, but he's got to pack all your shit and all my shit and this whole fucking house. He's got to pack it up. Then Drew's like, hey, Jen, do you want to uh, give me a ride to this party later, but also make a recreational detour first? Pull a prank with me? I got a place I need to stop at. But they kind of leave that up in the air as to where they're going, because that's the thing with Jen and Drew and what Drew could be offering. If we're talking old Drew, it could be something very bad that could get her and him. And Could be drugs, could be sex, could be drinking, could be... Uh, it could be anything. Maybe even trying to like yes, make her uh, a prostitute. Yes, that, no, no. Oh, he's not trying no, to do no, that sorry, anyway. She would be making him a sex worker if anyone's making anyone. Maybe. Maybe they could be making each other sex workers. I just see now I'm picture a scene of like Jen doming Drew. And I think that's how that would actually work if it were to happen. But on a more serious note, this is that letter scene where Joey pops in and asks Dawson to read it. And he does. And it's all about, like... How she's dead and a zombie, and she's going to come back and eat Betsy's brains. She's not a good mom to Joey. But ultimately what it boils down to, she's like, the greatest thing this illness robbed me of was watching you, Joey, grow up. But also to never forget Capeside and keep your childhood friends close and deep in your heart. She's like, yeah, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. Especially when they come back as zombies from the grave. Or when you have sex with them. Boom! Now we're out on a beach. It's party time. <laughs> DJ pregnant. <laughs> Don't ever get pregnant. That's the rule. Uh Joey still hasn't written her speech yet, though. She's working on it. They run into Jack Toby and Andy, and Andy's just she can't get over how much she loved Italy. Just loving Italy. And then the teacher comes to Pacey's house. Right. We were talking earlier. And he's like, Hey bro, I'm sorry if you thought that what you said in class was like your honest feelings is like you are actually the reason why i'm a teacher because i need to help people that need my help so do you want to graduate let's get this shit done take this test and prove that all that studying you did is worth it graduate it's like 45 minutes and he does specifically tell pacey like you're not an idiot yeah. and you're not a punchline like you think I was saying that earlier. I want to make it clear. Like, that's not what I believe. And that's that's why I'm here now. Let's do this. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, again, a good teacher doing a good thing, which he's done. He did it for Jen, too. Therapy for Jen was so good yeah. that it fixed her permanently. She didn't maybe almost kill herself at the prom after therapy. Never. Didn't happen. Well, I mean, he was at least thinking, right, it was Jen's fault that she claimed to finish therapy when all she did was finish the first level of therapy dude it's the first level of therapy yes there are never-ending levels as far as i've understand it but let's cut to her and drew at the high school and what they're doing is just some innocent prank trying to fuck with the sprinkler system like okay cool so they're not trying to get ecstasy to bang out at the old ruins no 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 that's after the prank but what does happen is they get caught by principal peskin and he's all like hey this is what's gonna go down you're gonna sit on my couch and i'm gonna play 15 different instruments for you all terribly <laughs> i think he plays i think they say in the end like because he they go to his house or something they like sit on three his couch hours and 
three hours of awful cello music just god awful cello music and that's that's a fucking great punishment though especially if you know these kids want to go to this party that everyone else is at three hours is pretty much going to be by the time that shit's over and they had to listen to that shit yeah quality quality punishment although i don't know if you can force students into your home that might be kidnapping yeah this shit like jen even alludes to the fact that he's like are you kidnapping us <laughs> right and he's and like no go- no no he's just like i'm gonna be extremely upset if uh if you leave and they kind of go along with it because in your mind those two were kind of vibing anyway so why wouldn't they spend a night together even if it's being punished at peskin's house yeah it's like a second date third date gotta have a little pain with your pleasure so speaking of pleasure one of your former predictions of dawson and annie they sit down at this party to talk and she makes a comment about how like he's changed because he's like it's all good man even after the gretchen thing like i'm feeling good right now it's not a problem she's like well who the fuck is this guy yeah andy is getting like she's getting hot for dawson right here well what she she kind of gets at the end she's like oh i wish someone thought about me the way you think about gretchen and dawson's kind of like girl you know it's pacey right Girl, you know pacey does right so she's still got that you know i don't know man well this is when pacey rolls up to the party and pacey like finds her and and or not finds her but like runs into her well first he sees joey just chilling with jack and toby having a good time and i was like that's a threesome i want to have a scene of hanging out is joey toby and jack i think that'd be a really fun scene like we've gotten a really awkward scene i think it'd be a lot of fun because the jen jack and toby scenes the few we've gotten have mostly been fun so far yeah well i guess this new toby is it's new toby is better probably better suited at hanging out with the group than the sarcastic toby yeah only jen wanted to deal with sarcastic toby she saw the diamond in the rough but jack hated sarcastic i did too man here i am talking about wanting more toby when before i was trying to get him the fuck out of here like i yeah you're all like fuck this i I forgot how he kind of turns around and the way his story kind of goes i totally forgot how that played out and he was very hateable in the beginning, though. He really was not likably written in any way. I didn't see it, at least. So he does. Pacey rolls into Andy, and they talk about, like, what it, he asks her what it's like to be out on your own. Because she's been in Italy. Yeah, and she's all like, oh, she's like, it's an amazing thing. She's like, people just give you free money and booze and food, and they just pay for everything. She's like, it's perfect. And he's like, all right, that's good, because there's two pieces of information I got to tell you I haven't told anyone yet. A, I'm taking this job on this yacht. And B, I fucking graduated high school, Andy. And she's like, holy shit, you did it. I'm so proud of you. And he's like, you're the one who told me that this was possible. Everybody else thought I was going to drop out in seventh grade. And that's why I think that's such a perfect bit of writing from the writers of this show, to have Andy be the one that he thanks and tells first, because she really was... If she wouldn't have come along when she came along, he wouldn't have even been in a position to be a junior when he was a senior. You're right. You know, he he would have been even worse off than he was. He wouldn't have even came back. He would have left on true love immediately. Yeah, you're probably right. Without exactly. Joey, because that probably wouldn't no, yeah. have happened. It would have just been him. He would have gotten the boat to run away. He would away. have tried to track down um, Tamara. Oh, yeah, find Miss Jacobs. Damn. That's exactly what he would have done. And he'd be like, hey, baby, I got this boat. Let's just go out into the waters where anything's legal, and then we can live there. That's an alternate reality storyline I'd love to see. Pacey 
something different happens throughout all of season two and three, apparently. And then he takes off on that boat by himself and finds Miss Jacobs in that story. But here's what happens in actual reality. He goes over to Joey and she's like, oh, I'm glad you can make because she is still trying to be cool. Like, that's all she wants here is to be cool. And he's like, all right, so I need to go off and live my own life. But this isn't how I wanted this to end. I just wanted you to know that. like, And that's when he asked about, would you come sailing with me? So it feels like a kind of reconciliation for them here, right before the end. Yeah, I guess like a cheap one. Very cheap, very cheap. They left everything unsaid, but it wasn't angry anymore. You know, it was more sad than anything. For them, I'm saying. Yeah. I don't understand why he's just not super happy and just riding that high. I think he's sad about the relationship ending the way it did. So you can be sad about one thing and happy about another simultaneously. Nah. Absolutely. Embrace one. You got. You can be both. Like That's the beauty of the complexity of human emotion is you don't have to feel one thing all the time. Try to block everything else out. Feel one emotion. That sounds... Very strongly. That sounds healthy. Is that a technique you learned in therapy? Or have you finished already? Uh, I'm self-therapy. Ah, yes. By Dr. Chuck. Okay, so Pacey the next day, we find him just chilling at the graduation site. No one else is there. It's early in the morning. He's just chilling, soaking it in, loving himself. We cut to Joey, like, running to the house, or running out of the house. And this is a specific thing that I noticed as far as a callback to season one which they do a lot in the next episode too. There's like a song in the background that's playing about like someone being a good mother or I've got a good mother that they played in season one. Yeah, and then Joe says she had two good moms. But then also uh, Bess puts the lipstick on her, which also happens in season one. Yeah. But also happens to a mannequin head of Joey's that Dawson learns how to make out with someone on from his future dead dad Mitch. Yeah, that's true. The dead zombie dad, Mitch. But yeah, she does say you're a great mom. Or you're a great mom, Bessie. Thank you. I had two great moms. Awesome. I think it's a stupid fucking watch from his parents. Um, I don't think it's stupid. It was sweet. Whatever. I don't care, man. Fuck a watch. I don't own a watch. I've owned, I think, two watches. Fuck a watch. I'm not a watch guy, so I can't tell you that. I don't. I'm not really particularly a jewelry jewelry guy i mean i have earrings but that's about it that's a lot that's a lot of, that's that's that showy jewelry too like that's out there for the world jewelry it's not like hiding a necklace under your shirt i mean like i don't know i just it's all i got i don't like i don't like necklaces but i'll rock the, the earrings but anyway so they're giving this watch with some sweet ass inscription on it but then Doug, see, but this is why I skip over there because I don't care. Like, I know they've all, they're all feeling good. They're all loving each other. The Learys are tight and fresh and there's a lot of fish going on. Dougie stops by over at Pacey's to congratulate him. And he actually asks him if he needs money. Like, I feel like two seasons ago, Dougie would have never thought to ever think about offering Pacey any kind of money. Yeah, I agree with you there. He definitely has grown to have more of, like, respect for Pacey, and then they both have a good joke about how Doug's gay. Like, <laughs> Pacey says something about how Doug will make a girl happy someday, and Doug's like, oh, finally, you've accepted my heterosexuality. And he's like, no, I said happy, not sexually happy. <laughs> and they both. And then they both have a good hearty both laugh. Both of them are fucking loving that. Like, <laughs> it's just a good, it's just a good clean rib. 
that's been going on since season one of this show, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I mean, sometimes you can tell that Dougie's aggravated by it, but right now it's just right now it's just a nice harmless rib. Right. So we move on from the harmless rib to graduation, and we find out right beforehand that Andy is going to defer Harvard for a year and go back to her Florence Familia. Yeah, she's got to stick with the Florence Familia because she said she's never been happier in her life. That everything is just going peachy keen. She's loving the the emails or letters. I don't know which. I assume it's probably just emails because that's got to be way easier than letters, right? Yeah, but there's still, there's some people who like the touch of a handwritten letter, so you do one once in a while, you know, but you general correspondence is through email, but you send a special package, a care package once in a while, you put a handwritten letter in there. So yeah, like they, they said that, uh, Andy, she wasn't out of the loop when she came back on anything. She knew every, what, what was up with everybody in the group. Like the beach buds were back in full swing you know, like the whole Creek crew was actually in full swing. All six supposed major players were were there. And I'm going to say seven. If we're going to consider Andy a major player, then we most definitely are going to say season four, Drew is a major player. I'm going to disagree only for the fact that I think you only will gain major player status if you date someone within the main four on the show. I can semi-agree with that because it's happened with both Jack and Andy. And I think we're very, very close to that with Drew and Jen. I'm not going to disagree that Drew had a major impact. He obviously did in both good and bad, or definitely bad, sometimes good ways towards the end. But I think to really breach that realm into main character status, you got to date someone in the mix, at least for a while. Maybe the only exception being Grams. I don't think she needs to date anyone in the main four. Yeah, that's true. I also don't know if I'd consider her a main. I don't know if I'd make it a seven because of Grams. I would say she is the top secondary character in the show. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Knocking on the door being a major player. And you got to think if she's moving to Boston to live with two college kids... She's not going to become less of a player, right? No, she's going to become more of a major player, in my opinion. We can definitely talk about that later. Let's talk about Joey being the salutatorian, they say. Now, if I'm not mistaken, salutatorian means that you were number two in your class. And she was number, what, four? They were saying number four earlier in the season, I think it was, when she was talking to the counselor or whatever. So somewhere from the time of applying to the end of the year she bumped up two spots and actually graduated second in her class assumedly behind the valedictorian andy i guess so that's who i would say who the fuck else would have higher grades than joey if not andy how can andy be below i just don't see andy being below joey yeah i kind of agree with you there and so she's not only the pinnacle pritzer pinnacle pritzer award winner She's also the salutatorian and the graduarian. What's the graduarian? Something I just made up. Oh, oh, I thought it was a thing. Nope, just made it up. So she's given this speech, basically kind of echoing the sentiments of her mom's letter from earlier. And we see Pacey getting to the airport and getting on this plane and going to Miami. He's loving it. He's smiling. 
we come back to graduation. There's Drew checking his watch because Drew's loving watches. And he pulled off the sprinkler prank. The sprinkler prank. Well, yeah, because like just because that first time when they caught him, he was messing with it. They never, I wonder if they never thought to like. Fix it. Fix it. There was so, the, the principal was so hot for the idea of getting them back to his house to play cello that he didn't even think about changing what he had done. Yeah, he's like, ah, oh, shit, like, I caught him. We'll make him listen to me play cello. The alternative is Drew went back after being punished and did it again. Yeah, that's possible. Which I, could, I could buy that, too. But it's funnier the first way. So we close the episode with Pacey's name being read as graduating as he's walking up to the plane. So it's just this perfect, like, Pacey gets his moment here. Kind of. He gets a moment here. Yeah, it's nice. So unless you have anything else to add, I'd love to hear your four pillars. All right, number one. Andy is back. Returning for apparently one episode. Apparently. Because, you know, she misses that Florence Familia. But it's a good cameo. Uh, Number two. Pacey graduates. Um, yeah, I pretty much had no fear or didn't think twice that he wasn't going to graduate. Nope. Number three, Drew. He's back. He's climbing into windows, climbing into our hearts, climbing into season five. Okay. All right. Number four, uh, Joe's speech. Um, it kind of sums up. High school, the ending of uh, a lot of things. It kind of sums up the message I feel like they're trying to give us as an audience about, you know, how you should look at your high school years, especially for the demographic the show is for, which is probably those kids in or coming up on their high school years. Yeah. Not men in their mid-30s. Correct. Correct. (laughs) That was your fourth pillar. Was uh, Joe's speech? Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's get to the end here. Episode twenty-three. Coda season finale. So this episode goes hard on the callbacks to season one by first like opening up on the exact same shot. Or at least of the Leary house that the show opens up on the beginning season. And one. they're back in the bedroom. Yes, they're back in the bedroom. The original best friends. They are watching a movie that Dawson made early in the show. He said it sucks. And then they talk about going to college. Yeah, we find out here that. Dawson is leaving the day after tomorrow to go to that summer program he got into. And he's like, I haven't even fucking packed yet. And I'm almost out of here to the other side of the country. And then they start talking about Pacey because he pops up on the screen and pulls her into the water. And he's like, or she's like, I haven't heard anything from him. So some amount of time has passed and we find out that no one's heard for at least neither of these two have heard from Pacey still. I think it's a month. Okay, so a month. That makes sense. Because at one point, Mitch says, you've been hanging out with your friends for the past month. Okay, yeah, yeah. So he says he has a, he's had a decent time hanging out with her lately, and he wishes that it didn't have to end. He says that right to her. So it's, you know, it doesn't feel yet to me in this moment that it's built into that romantic. There's always that romantic undercurrent between these two, but this doesn't feel like Dawson being like, I'm in love with you again. Later in this episode... I thought they were going to fuck. 
We're going to talk about that. Well, trust me. We're going to talk about that in a little bit when we get there. Because I like this moment here where the big four that are left, because substitute out Pacey, put in Jack, they're chilling back at those old ruins. So we even return to an old site that we haven't been to since probably season two, is my guess. And they're playing like Would You Rather or something. Well, it's gross out version. Who can say the grossest shit? And Dawson wins with Would You Rather Have Sex with Peskin or Watch Peskin Have Sex with Grams. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. It was all right, I guess. But that's the end of the game. And he's like, oh, got to run. Uh, but we find out, A, he's leaving to meet his dad. And B, they're all meeting up again later to go to the movies. Yeah, they're going to go see a movie. American Graffiti, which is a movie about like the last day of kids before moving into adulthood. So very, like they do with all the movies they pick on here, it, on the show, it kind of matches up with what they're trying to go for. But then they go shopping, and we get this whole weird laptop or pc versus mac fight that bothers yeah. the shit out of me it was very weird and it was like they were both taking very definitive stance stances then when the sales guy comes like he's like hey can i help you and mitch is like yeah we want this computer give, give me the laptop let's get the fuck out of here <laughs> and then he's like all right cool i'll bring it out dawson's just like oh okay cool um don't hear anything I have to say. And he doesn't because they get back to the house afterwards and Joey's there waiting with Gail. Like they're just chilling outside and they're going to leave. And Mitch is like, yeah, um, why are you leaving? This is your last night at home. Why aren't you staying for dinner with your family? And Dawson's like, because I have plans with my fucking friends, dude. He's like, yeah, we're going to go see this American graffiti movie. And then we're going to go do some American graffiti on some walls. And Mitch is like, that's bullshit. You're supposed to watch your baby sister while me and your mom go try to make another baby for this family. Well, Dawson says, hell no. Since you're leaving to go across to California, we have to replace you with Dawson, too. Dawson says, I don't think so. Don't you dare. If you created Dawson, too, I'll drown it in the bathtub and then I'll leave it in your bed. Don't you dare make another me. What I'm going to do is leave right now and go watch this movie. And Mitch is like, fine. Go do what you want, man. I don't care. Even Gail is like, Dawson, just go, man. Like, I'm not bothered by this. Mitch is clearly having a fit. Mitch is like, Mitch is like, if you fucking go, I'm going to take a shit on your new laptop. And Dawson's like, good. I don't care. It's a piece of shit anyhow. You're just shitting on shit. I didn't want that shit, so shit on the shit. It's not important shit to me. Meanwhile, next door over at the fucking Ryan household... <laughs> Meanwhile, next door, Jen and Jack are chilling over at the empty house when she walks in, and we find out Jen isn't done packing either, but the movers are coming there tomorrow at 8. So, same day Dawson's leaving, Jen's moving, all her shit's getting moved to Boston, apparently, already. Yeah, they're moving to Boston immediately. So, they're not going to be very far behind and Jen's like, well, I should stay here with you instead of going out too. And Graham's is like, nah, we'll have tea when you get home later. Go have fun with your friends. It ain't that big of a deal. So before we get to the night, because at this point, everyone's getting ready to go meet on the docks after Dawson huffs out. We see Pacey working on his boat and he asks someone for a phone. And we see Pacey trying to call out, but he doesn't get a hold of someone. Yeah, I assume he was trying to call Joey's house and it rang a few times. And he's like, ah, I'm just going to hang up. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm I kind of lost the nerve on this since they didn't pick up right away. Yeah. And then, then he's all like, all right, cool. I got to go meet my buddy down by the bar for some drinks. We're going to get hammered and then we're going to go yachting again tomorrow. Yup. 
So he's living the life in paradise, as he calls it a couple times. Yeah, multiple times. <laughs> uh, at the beginning and the end of the episode. I wonder if it's like akin to someone at work saying they're living the dream. Sounds exactly like it, yeah. Like it's not a real paradise? Like he's being super sarcastic? Oh, oh, I see what you mean. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to say anything about that. I thought you meant like someone who actually thought it was living the dream. He he legitimately does seem like it's like, no, like this is the coolest shit ever. I need to live like this the rest of my life. So he keeps on doing that while the big four that are left in Cape Side are walking on the docks. And we got Jack talking to Dawson about how, hey, dude, in case you didn't realize it, like, you saying goodbye to Joey's a big deal, and you need to think about how big of a deal that is. And I'm like, Jack, calm down. Why you gotta help, like, blow this into a big deal in Dawson's head? Let him just deal with it. He's been doing fine, mostly. Well, because Jack's a good friend of Dawson's now, and he wants to make sure that Dawson knows that he's like, this is how I feel. I would be remiss if I didn't say something to you, Dawson. Well, and he's like, yeah, have you not thought about the possibility of spending an entire summer with her? And I don't know if that is being a good friend to try and convince your friend over romance to stay for a summer when he could go and have an early program at a prestigious film school, which has been his dream his whole life, too. It's like, hey, man, don't you want to fuck Joey? Because here's the thing about it, though. At the end of those three months, they still have to separate anyway. So why not just let him get ahead with his shit, let her get ahead with her shit, and figure it out along the way? Like, Well, at this point, why doesn't Joey just go early to Worthington? Or why doesn't... Well, she might, there might not be early programs there for her. Maybe she can just go stay with Jan and Grams for, uh, for like a month or so. Well, you maybe you're getting ahead of yourself, and maybe that's something that they address in the upcoming episodes. Maybe that is what happens, and talk about it for predictions. But Dawson says he has been thinking about that, and he can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. So there we we find out Dawson is like, well, actually, man, here's the thing, Jack. I know already, buddy, and this is a big fucking deal. And I'm like, Dawson, Dawson, Dawson. But Jen's talking to Joey about the exact same thing. So I feel like. Jen and Jack must have had a conversation, like a game plan before tonight. Like, we got to talk to these two about this. Probably. We got to make sure they're not going to be... Well, because they're good friends with Dawson and Joey. So, like, you're saying about Jack wanting to help Dawson. Same with Joey wanting to help... Or, same with Jen wanting to help Joey. But also Jack wanting to help Joey and Jen wanting to help Dawson. Yeah, why wouldn't the whole crew try to help each other out, right? Jen straight up says, like, if you asked him to stay, he would stay. And Joey's like, nah, man, he's got that film shit to do right now. And, like, what makes you think I want him to stay? I don't even know if I like having that power. Like, it's weird knowing that that's a thing. But we don't really find out more because that's when the guys roll up and they go to the movies. We're like, okay, we're left kind of hanging there at the moment. So then they get out of the movie and they're like, all right, so what should we do? Should we go eat some food? Should we just get the fuck out of here? It's real awkward. It's real awkward because you can tell Jack and Jen are trying to find a way to make it so that it's just Dawson and Joey eventually, but it just doesn't work out that way. Yeah. It ends up just being like, all right, I guess we're all just going back home. And so they end up dropping off Joey first because she's the, like, you know, Jen lives next door to fucking Dawson, and... That's where Jack's car is, so... That's where Jack... Yeah, that's where Jack's whip is at. So they drop off Joe first, and then there's this little, like, goodbye moment that 
I was kind of like, all right, realistically, you're not leaving until tomorrow. This is not your last goodbye. Why are we making a deal of this? Because it's Dawson's Creek and they're going to drag out that drama. But instead of taking it to the next episode, at least they address it at the end of this one. By making the entire last, the whole segment of the show from the last commercial break to the end is nothing but Dawson and Joey in the bedroom. And we're coming up on that scene, but they invest real hard in in that moment. So, yeah, it's real awkward. And he even goes to turn back at the end, like, thinking that was a weird goodbye. But she flicks the light off, so he's like, ah, fuck it. So he goes back home to drop off Jen and Jack, and that's where the cell phone comes out. Yeah, that's where Team JJ gives them the cell phone as a gift. And they're all like, hey, man, don't." they're like, we, we could only load it with five minutes because we're poor. But we bought this phone and got you five minutes. And then Grams pops her head out, and you have that moment of like, oh, season one, Grams pops her head out. But Dawson and Jen have this really great conversation and like joke about having sex. And yeah, I thought that was a little weird when like, that was weird that they joked about having sex with each other. And I think that's a perfect encapsulation of how Dawson has changed as a person. Because when Jen in season one first comes up and even like talks about sex, he gets weird. Now he can now he can be in on the joke too, even if he hasn't had sex. Well, and how he calls her a beautiful, full-breasted Boo Radley. Yes, yep, that he does. I mean, he's not wrong. Well, because she says she's Boo Radley in this situation, and then he's yeah, all like, hot. "Yeah, only beautiful and full-breasted." Well, I mean, again, not not a wrong observation. He's flirting with her. Dawson's learned how to do that too, even if it isn't like straight up. But it's more friendly. He's still fucking. I can't. I think this is just a great moment to show how Dawson's different from season one to season four. Is just how he can interact with Jen that way. So he goes inside then, and we find out that Mitch didn't take a shit on the laptop, or maybe he did. We don't know because it's not there anymore. Now there's a beautiful MacBook there. Yeah, because Mitch is like, "Hey, I heard you, Dawson. I don't want to fight with you. I, I don't understand it. You like peace, or you like Macs? I like PCs." You know, you like movies. I like watching the Patriots. You know, who knows? But it just sucks that I'm going to die before getting to witness the great Tom Brady. Yeah, that's that's really one of the greatest life regrets he'll have. Not missing uh, his newborn baby grow up. Uh, not missing his almost grown son continue to grow. Uh, not the rest of his life with his wife, Gail. None of that. It will be missing... Tom Brady, and then eventually the glory of Bill Belichick, leading Tom Brady to glory. Yeah, you know, that's six six Super Bowls. He's not going to get to see any. Casey's going to be paying attention and loving it, though. Oh, yeah. Unless he ends, up, unless he ends up dead, too. No, he could become a Miami Dolphins fan since he goes down to Miami to yacht. So Mitch is basically like, all right, bro, we got to have the talk, man. We got to figure some things out. What's up with safe sex? Dawson's like, I was the only kid in kindergarten who knew what Trojans were, so don't worry about me and safe sex. I've been buying condoms since season one. Yeah, not using them. Never. Not once, unless I'm just jerking off of them, just to figure out what it's all about. I'll give it a test run so I know how it works. Like, I'll be actively turning down people for sex and then immediately regretting it. And then Mitch is like, so what about drugs? And Dawson's like, I'm not going to promise you I might not do some shit, man, but I won't get so strung out that I steal your shit. Mitch is like fair deal. I can do. I can deal with that. No, yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I can't tell you, I won't fuck with shit. And then he's like, all right, don't join a frat. And Dawson's like, oh, I can guarantee you that's, that's not gonna promise. happen. That's a promise. 
But then Mitch tries to get real serious. Like, but what about saying goodbye to Joey? How did that go? And Dawson's like, most ev- like most everything in life, a big old disappointment because it was just more underwhelming than I dreamed it would be. And Mitch, it's another one of those fucking like weird comedy moments that they throw into the show because he's like, I got one last piece of fatherly advice. And I'm thinking it's going to be some like good, deep Mitch fatherly advice. And he just goes... It ain't over till it's over. And that's not necessarily funny in itself, but when Dawson comes back with, that's it? (laughs) And Mitch goes, that's all I could think of? And they both start laughing? I'm like, that just feels like something that would never have been on the show until this season. That weird comedy in the middle of all of this drama. Yeah, but it's the... It's what they need more of. I agree with you. I 100% agree with you. I just thought it was really good to see there. Um, So then we cut back over to the Ryan household. Jen and Graham's having that tea they were talking about. And it's nice to see Jen kind of reflecting on being sent to Cape Side and going, I think I realize now that my mom didn't send me here because she hated Cape Side. She sent me here because she loved Cape Side and thought that I'd have a better chance here. She kind of comes to understand and maybe slightly even like her mom a little bit more after coming to that realization, which I think was, it shows therapy did something for her. It shows a little bit of growth. Right. Therapy definitely has helped her work through those parental issues to the point that she could have that realization. But even Graham steps in and like slams her daughter. She's like, yeah, but she's always chasing her teenage years. Like she stopped living a long time ago. You're not going to have that problem, Jen. Like, you're definitely not going to try and relive your teenage years. Yeah, she's like, you're. She's like, with how depressed you and all your friends are all the time, she's like, you guys aren't going to be trying to relive depression. But then Jack pops in, and they're talking about Graham's. Just like, we're going to go on this big in- adventure together. We're all going to love it. Oh, Jack! Jack pops in, and Graham's is like, here, here is a thing of cookies. I know you're hungry. Oh, always, she's always. And Jack's him. like, shit! I thought you got rid of all the yeah. food. I'll eat the fuck out of this. Just a classic Mighty Alliance right here in this scene. Like, Oh, yeah. It was really good. Really showing that this is the trio you want moving together to live in, in Boston. Because they're going to definitely hold each other up. Oh, I'm really looking forward to, to that whole angle. Because seasons five and six, because especially back in the day watching this show, I definitely watched the first probably three seasons more than any of the others. And I've maybe only seen five and six a couple of times. Yeah, this is six seasons, mm-hmm. you said, right? So I remember that I know what happens generally in the next two seasons, but there's so much I don't remember. When we watched season one, I remembered pretty much everything that happened. Same thing with most of two and three as well. This season, there have been a whole lot of fucking surprises for me. I'm like, I didn't remember that at all. Which has been really fun. So anyway, we get to this phone call that Pacey was trying to make earlier. And actually connects with this time. He he gets a hold of Dawson and he's like, hey, man, you're like the only person I regret not saying goodbye to. Yeah, which is like Pacey actually calling and saying something like that, being the bigger man here, something I didn't think either of them would ever do. If, I was, if you had to make me choose, I'd say Dawson would be the one. But Pacey's the one who says that he was like, the only thing I had for a long time was being your best friend, Dawson. Like that was the only shit that I had to hang on to. So, like, I want to have you back in my life, basically. And so Dawson tells him he's fucking proud of him. And those two, like, they wish each other good luck and it feels like finally they've reconciled. Yeah, yeah. I just wish Dawson would have been like, hey, dude, here's my here's my cell phone number. <laughs> he hasn't learned to do that yet. He doesn't even know it. You can catch me on I bet that. He doesn't even know it yet. He just got it a couple of minutes ago in my mind. Yeah, I guess Maybe that's a true. half hour ago. 
And he just had this really touching moment with Mitch. And he's very serious. There's a baby probably crying somewhere in the house. He's still got to finish packing. No, Double L is already walking, talking, and doing everything. Yes, Double L can do everything except pack for Dawson because it's still not done yet. Why didn't Double L do that? No, she just laughs at Dawson while he's packing. That's why he puts her back in her crib and locks the door and goes back. And here's a nod back to the trip to Aunt Gwen's house when we get the song Daydream Believer kicking in, right? Because he's just like, I can't pack. I got to get out of here. I got to run out of this house. And it's clear he's going to run to Joey's, right? Like, what else could he be doing? But he doesn't need to because who's already in his backyard? Joey. And she's all like, hey, man, where are you trying to fucking go off to? And he's like, I was trying to go to your B&B so I could pretend to wish Betsy and Bodie goodbye, but really just kind of come over there and hang out with you and kill time. And she's like, well, I'm here to help you pack. Let's go do it, you silly bitch. But instead, they go in and they watch E.T., just like in the opening of the show from season one, episode one. Yeah, and Joey's like, oh, this is my favorite movie. So they're talking about their futures here, like they used to do, what things are going to be like or whatever. And at one point, Joey says, Dawson, I feel like I'm never going to see you again. So I want to ask you, Chuck, do you think she's concerned that Dawson's going to kill himself? It's the exact words. I would say no. Just curious. Just curious. It's context. Sure, 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 sure. Because she even says this time when she says it, she's like, I know this isn't true because I will see you again. My point is this. But she's like, I feel like I'll never see you again. And I feel like she feels like she'll never see this version of Dawson. I'm not saying you're wrong here. I'm obviously being a dick. But my point is this. What context did Joey have to believe that Jen was suicidal when they were in New York? I don't know, but she just felt it like I felt it. I can't argue with you being like, oh, it's a feeling thing. Because that's impossible for me to argue against feelings. But that's why I have to give that to you. Yeah, especially when last episode of Creek Chat, you expressed your belief in magical thing. That's for a different thing. That has nothing to do with the show, though. That's for an entirely different mode of conversation. Let's get back to this here. <laughs> so they're talking about most embarrassing moments and Joey says hers is Dawson turning down Joey's sex offer. Now hold on. Dawson does say that that was his biggest regret in kind of like a joking way or whatever. I wrote down, I fucking knew it. I still don't think that he believes it would have been the right decision for real, even with that little Doesn't comment. fucking matter. Of course he's regretful of not having sex, but I think things would have been much worse if they would have. And I don't know if he knows that, but I guarantee you that's how it would have been. Literally, when they started talking about that, I was like, oh, this episode is going to end with them fucking. So she says her biggest regret or most embarrassing moment was lying about sleeping with Pacey. (laughs) And he laughs at this point and goes, hey, guess what? I'm the only one of the group that's never had sex. And she's like, maybe we should remedy that. Well, no, she she asked like (laughs) (laughs) he had. Like, she asked for, like, the most life-altering moment or whatever, and she says when Dawson kissed her from season one, the end of season one, that big old kiss, right? Yeah. So then they're talking, and Dawson, or Joey's like, Dawson, I want you to stay. But Dawson goes, excuse me? You want me to do what now? You couldn't have said something before I packed all that shit? And then she's like, no, all right, listen, I just needed to get it out. I need you to know I was thinking about it. I don't want you to actually stay. You should go. You should go. And he even steps in and he goes, it is time for me to go. This chapter's fucking closed. We've got to move on. It's going to be fucking, it's going to be good. Don't worry about it. 
then of course they end up back in the window just like the end of season one somehow that's where the packing should be finished is over by the window well it's because like you know she there used to be a ladder over by that window so oh that's right they were talking about how the ladder used to be there because she was gonna leave and it would have been easier that way i forgot about that but instead, they make out for a little bit, and they cliffhanger us on whether or not they fuck. And they, yeah, they they pan out on that window, just like in season one, with the silhouette of them kissing. Another callback. So, and that's where I wrote down what the fuck. I thought Mitch died this season. See, that's the problem with knowing things like that. You can't hang your expectations on them. Even if you know, you can't be like, "This is going to happen soon." Just sit back and wait, man. It's hard to not. It's all you can do is sit back and wait. Being fucking worked up about it ain't going to change when it happens. Well, I'm just saying it was one of those things where I was like, what the fuck? I've been waiting for this to happen just so I can again be in the dark on stuff. That's your fault is all I'm saying. How is it my fault? Because you are believing that something should happen immediately just because you know about it. It's just what I want to happen. If you're that bothered, if you're that bothered by it, just look it up and see when it happens. Because I don't want to be spoiled any more than I already have. Do me a favor and spoil me on your four pillars. All right. So number one pillar is this is probably the worst finale of any of the seasons of Dawson's Creek we've gotten thus far. Coming off of one of the most entertaining seasons, in my opinion, so far, I think season four was up there in in the running for one of the ones I had the most fun watching, at least. But you're right. Yeah, it was one of the best seasons and worst endings to the season. I loved the whole buildup when they went to the movies and they were showing that friend side. But the actual ending, you're right, was bad. It would have been better if they would have just blew their load and had them have, like, you know, have them fuck. We don't know if they don't, though. So that's well, the that's thing. the thing. They it's we should have been told there should be some payoff. <laughs> we already have the cliffhanger of where is this going to start? How are they going to? Because like that gets into my my like you know my third pillar. We'll go back to my second pillar here in a second. But how is uh, season five going to shake out with? with Dawson and Callie and Pacey on a yacht. And like, we assume that the rest of our characters are going to be in Boston, but we're not really given any sort of finality with that. And then that's on top of whether or not they're going to jump time. What, what do you mean? We're not giving a little finality bit, on right? what? We have finality on where everyone is at, at least Pacey through the summer. We don't know. We don't know how the, what I'm trying to say is like, the show has always been focused on everybody's together. We don't know how the show is going to be in in season five because everybody can't necessarily be together, right? Right. That's been an imminent thing for a long time now. Well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to get at. For for four seasons, everybody's been in the same area. And it's going to be interesting and different to see what happens for season five on that. Right. Um, but going back to season two or season two, going back to pillar number two is, is the Dawson Joey wedding back on? Is it? I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, that's the question, though. That's the question of the hour because we saw them cat kiss, right? I would have preferred to get. Hold on. Here's what I have to make a point before we move on about the sex thing. They couldn't have feasibly had sex with Mitch Gale and a baby in the house right there, though. Why not, dude? Just lock the door. 
that's not how they do things he's there. leaving the next day what does it matter they would have been heard because they've been very careful and not that's Think about the world you're okay, living in. Okay. As think always. about the think world about the that, that, that Okay, think about this world. The world that Dawson has walked in on his parents basically having sex before. Wouldn't it be poetic justice for Mitch or Gail no. to walk in on him and Joey having sex right before he leaves for college? That would have been fucking hilarious way to end a fucking most funny and fun season that we've had. Especially if it's if it's Mitch who hasn't died yet coming in to see it and it's and it's all funny and he's all like, Oh Dawson, like I finally walk in on you. No. If you want funny, Drew would have to be involved. So it's not gonna happen. And that's just again not the tone of the show. You know that. That's a different show. To even expect that is crazy. I'm not saying I expect it. I'm just saying that's what I would prefer. Joey wouldn't even bone down at Pacey's house when Pacey's sister was there. What makes you think she's gonna bone down at Dawson's house when his parents and little sister are there? She was ready to bone down when there was a whole party there. Yeah, but no parents were there. It was just a bunch of other kids, and I'm pretty sure she was like what what was her deal at that moment? What was going on with her? She was having a situation. She was emotionally vulnerable. It would have been very questionable, is all I'm saying. So fourth pillar is uh, hashtag Boston bound. Let's see how many of the crew make it to Boston. Well, here's something funny, because I'm going to give you the next three episode titles. You're going to give me your predictions, right? Do you want to know what episode one of season five is? Boston. The Bostonians. Yes. preemptive celebration give me some predictions for what happens in the bostonians or do you want all three uh so we're gonna meet our newest crew of people the bostonians and by newest crew i mean the same old mofos we got grams we got jen we got jack we got drew all living in boston and i think we're probably gonna get some pacey and I just don't know how he's going to get to Boston. Okay, so you think you think Pacey does end up in Boston, and Dawson's the only Maybe one. not initially. Well, but he ends up there. Maybe not he initially, but he'll end up there. But Dawson's the only one who's out in Cali doing his thing. Everyone else is... And you know what? I think, I think fucking Dawson's going to end up there, too, because, you know, cat's out of the bag. Mitch is going to die soon. He's going to become a dead zombie. And that means he's going to have to come home for the funeral. Let me give you the next two episode titles. Two, The Lost Weekend. And three, Capeside Revisited. Okay, number three, Capeside Revisited. That's the one. So, The Lost Weekend. Hmm. This is going to be the one where Mitch dies. And then Capeside Revisited is going to be the one where Dawson comes back for Mitch's funeral. And they all are coming back. All the whole Creek crew comes back for that one for the funeral. And then that's where Dawson has to decide if he's going back to school, if he's going to transfer to Boston, if Boston's got a film school. Or if he's just going to be like, fuck it, I don't need film school. I'll be like A.I. Brooks and just film movies. Now, are there any other predictions? There's your Dawson covered for any of the other, at least the main four or five, what they're going to be up to in these three episodes. So I'm going to say that... um, Pacey's going to be working the yacht, and then he'll also come back in the Capeside Revisited episode. The Lost Weekend is going to focus mostly on uh, Jack, Jen, Grams, and Drew all in Boston. 
So we're going to get kind of like two episodes in a row, mostly focusing on that. And then we're going to have also some of the like Dawson dealing with some shit in L.A. while. Did you have Joey? Did you have Joey on that list of Boston? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Joey, too. So, yeah, Joey's going to be trying to figure out how to move in probably with Jen and Jack. Is that, did you bring that up this episode already or last episode? Did you bring something about that up? Maybe this episode, maybe last. I don't remember. I'm going to say this episode. I, I love I love that you want to get Joey living in there with that the, the Mighty Alliance. Yeah, why not? I mean, it's people she knows. It's, she's Then she can be more comfortable. Even if she doesn't move in there, she's going for the college experience. And some colleges make you stay on campus first year, maybe. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is this is a fake college. I did look that up. Boston Bay College? No, um, Worthington. I looked up that Worthington is a fake college. Of course it is. I'm sure Boston Bay College is fake, too. I didn't even know what that one was. Exactly. And I'm sure Capeside Community College is also fake. Probably. All right. So anything else on your predictions? No, probably not. Okay. Well, for all of our beloved listeners out there, you can catch all of our new episodes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and of course, and always, 50randyquates.com. Uh, you can also follow us at 50 Randy Quades on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and go to 50randyquades.com. And uh, tomorrow, December 1st, you guys will be treated to our newest episode of 50 Randy Quades, episode 118, next. And uh, we're going to go on a two-week break from Creek Chat. Uh, next week, actually, you will get a bonus episode. It is going to be a... Uh, what is it? What is it going to be again, JT, the bonus episode? Oh, baby, it's some bonus flavor called Creek Chat. Nope, not quite like that. Creek Chat Trivia. Uh, there was a trivia game on Season 4 DVD set that has a number of questions that cover all four seasons of the show. Um, I took the quiz. I got the answers. Some of them right, some of them wrong. I found out what all of the right ones were eventually. And I'm going to ask those questions to Chuck. And we're going to find out how he ranks on the Capeside grading scale. So that brings us back with Season 5, uh, Christmas week, December 30, no, December 21st. And so, you know, that Christmas week, you guys can spend a little time with your Creek homies, JT Money, and, of course, the most gracious, the most humble, the most beautiful guest slash co-host. Chucky B as we dive headfirst into season five of Dawson's Creek. But until then, we, we be, be creaking. creaking.